You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome in to the Hoist the Colors podcast. What do you know? Another Sunday, another East Carolina victory as we recap ECU sweep over Illinois State. The Pirates move to 14-1 on weekend games this year, 16-3 overall. They have played four weekend series at home, and they have swept all those. They won the one weekend series at Georgia Southern, so they're 5-0 in terms of weekend series. They're on a roll. We'll talk about today's game. The Pirates didn't exactly play their best, but they found a way to win. And they keep racking up the wins. I'm Stephen Igo, the host of Hoist of Colors. I'm joined, as always, by Jonathan Wagner on uh, on our Zoom broadcast. Jonathan, it seems like a uh, a broken record. We're talking about an ECU win every Sunday, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I'm getting real used to talking about ECU wins. I'm getting used to talking about weekend series sweeps. So it doesn't get old to me. So I'm glad we're not on the opposite end. At some point, we will have a Sunday loss, I think, to talk about, but it's not today. So we will, uh, as always, we will recap the week that was for East Carolina baseball. We'll go game by game. Yes, we are going to talk about the UNCW game. Just being completely honest with you guys that are tuning in, we're going to keep this short and sweet. It's Sunday afternoon. I haven't had anything to eat since like 10 a.m. I'm hungry. I want to watch basketball. Jonathan and I both have our fantasy draft coming up in a couple hours, so we got a lot to get done. We're going to run through this and uh, give you guys a podcast. So as always, ECU goes three and one over the week, and uh, after Tuesday, which I guess we'll talk about and get that out of the way first, Jonathan. Uh, it, it was not off to a good start, and really, ECU didn't play. I think it's best ball all week, but still managed to go three and one. Let's look at Tuesday. Man, what a a beatdown in Wilmington, North Carolina, not in ECU's favor. Wilmington ends up winning the game 10-2. to It's always been a tough place for ECU to play. UNCW gets geared up to face the Pirates. Uh, it started perfectly for ECU. They opened the game with four hits in their first five batters, take a 2 nothing lead. You were there, Jonathan, as a fan. Uh, at that point, it looked like it was going to be a good night for the Pirates, and then things turned pretty quickly. Yeah, you know, in the beginning – I really thought, said, okay, this is going to be one of those games. We're just going to keep rolling like we have been for a while now. And then UNCW came back and scored two of themselves in the first inning, two more in the second. And that's when you kind of thought, oh, man, maybe this, this game isn't going to be as quick as we thought. And, I mean, time-wise, the game did roll by really quickly. But, yeah, I was glad to be there at first. But by the end of it, you know, once UNCW – W just started pouring it on and to mention that I don't even I don't know if I'd say the ECU pitchers pitched poorly I think UNCW was just on everything they had a good approach they every pitch we threw in or out of the zone they were on it they made great contact all day great at bats so it was just one of those games it's a college baseball season UNCW is a good team top 30 40 RPI team so yeah, it's one of those games. It was bound to happen eventually. Us get just get kind of rolled over like that. You know, I think it was due against a team like that, but it happened it's in the past now. Um, but yeah, not not the best looking game for sure. Yeah, I think 
people need to realize UNCW's got a really good team, and it was just one of those nights. You know, baseball, it happens. You play 60 uh, or so games in a season. Once you count the postseason, you're going to have nights that you're just off, and you're going to have nights where the opponent is just really on, and this was one of those nights. Unfortunately for ECU, it was a rivalry game. You know, I thought Cliff Goblin said it best. He brought it up unsolicited, by the way, multiple times in the weekend series press conference, which tells me that it was still on his mind. Uh, I think he brought it up after Friday's game where he was less than pleased about how they played at UNCW. Um, you know, said they were awesome, but said it was the first time he remembers ECU getting beaten in every phase. I mean, defensively, offensively, on the mound. And uh, UNCW ends up out hitting ECU 17-5. to You know, Cliff said today after Sunday's sweep, you know, UNCW played like the New York Yankees, and they really did. And then, of course, they turn around and lose two out of three to William & Mary, which came into the weekend 2-8. and eight. So uh, that's, just, uh, that's just how things go. Um, but, uh, you know, UNCW, a very capable club, will probably be in the postseason somewhere. ECU, it was a staff night for them. They end up using eight different pitchers. The first seven gave up runs. And, you know, I think ECU's got to find something going forward. Well, I, sh- I say that. There's only two midweek games left. But they got to find something with their fourth game as far as who's going to start because I don't think you can count on staff days going forward for ECU. But I'll tell you what, Jonathan, let's move on from this game because I don't really want to talk about it anymore. It was a, it was a complete beatdown. So we'll just move forward. Sounds good to me. Uh, but, hey, at least you got to see a game at UNCW. Maybe next time it will go a little better. Um, yeah, you know. Hasn't gone well for us in the past two years, so yeah. hopefully we'll leave it at that. Uh, moving forward to the weekend, Illinois State comes to East Carolina. The Pirates uh, entered the weekend at 13-3. and Illinois State came in at 5-9, and I believe was their record, coming into the weekend. But this was the Illinois State team that a couple years ago nearly came to East Carolina in a Super Regional. So you're talking about a program with a lot of those guys back that wasn't going to come to ECU uh, scared, so to speak. I mean, they had played in the Louisville Regional a couple of years ago in 2019, took them to the championship game. It was a tie game in the ninth inning. So they came to ECU expecting to win. I thought they gave ECU all it could handle all weekend. And it started on Friday. Jonathan, you covered this game. I watched a good majority of it. I was also dealing with spring football practice. But um, crazy game. And it seemed like it was going to be over in about two hours and 15 minutes. The Pirates had a 3-1 lead in the ninth inning. C.J. Mayhew uncharacteristically gave up a screaming two-run double in the top of the night. The Pirates end up walking it off in the bottom of the 11th on Seth Cadell's RBI single through the left side. And this was kind of a weird game to describe. ECU comes out on top, but the post game was Cliff Godwin less than pleased, I guess would be the best way to put it. He was not happy at all. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those games, you know, it, it was kind of a continuation, in my opinion, of the UNCW game. Didn't really have great at-bats at the plate. You know, a lot of strikeouts, I believe. 12, 15 strikeouts at the plate for ECU. Yeah, 15. So, just just not a great offensive game anywhere, no matter how you look at it. But I think on the bright side, you know, Gavin Williams got his first start of the year. Friday night starter. He went five innings. He didn't have his best stuff, I didn't think. But I think that's maybe to be expected, you know, first start um, on a Friday night. But he went five innings, seven strikeouts, um, just one unearned run given up. And he really put ECU in a great position to win. And then following him, Cam Comore came in, gave you three shutdown innings out of the pen. I think probably one of, if not the best outing of his career. 
three innings, five strikeouts, no base runners on just 38 pitches, really kind of settled things down in what was a really close game. And then, yeah, like you said, from there, C.J. Mayhew, again, it was one of those things I don't even think he pitched poorly. I think he just made one bad pitch. Seth Cadell said it a couple times this weekend after Friday night and after today. C.J. just made one made one bad pitch. They took advantage of it, sent it to extras, and he was able to come out on top. So I think Matt Bridges did a great job out of the pen, get out of a jam. Ryder Giles did a good job after working into some trouble. But I was definitely glad to come out on top, especially in a game that you wouldn't have thought ECU won based on postgame comments. It's, it's all about finding ways to win, and ECU – is a good team. They found another way to win when they were not playing their best. I'm glad you brought up Gavin because, you know, I thought it was encouraging to see him pitch, you know, a lot in terms of pitch count. You know, he throws 88 pitches, so he should be nearing that 100 pitch mark going forward. So there won't be a lot of limitations on him as long as he stays healthy. But, you know, let's talk more about Gavin real quick. He slides into that Friday night role. They adjust the weekend rotation. Uh, Cooch Manor goes back to Saturday. Wisenhunt to Sunday, but I thought the the ability for Gavin to use his off speed after it was clear Illinois State was going to attack the fastball uh, was good to see because at some point a lot of teams probably are going to take away that fastball or try to you know if they're capable as a lineup to hit a 95 plus mile hour fastball then Gavin's going to have to adjust so it was good to see him get better as the game went on I think that's going to be important going forward. Yeah, for sure. I mean. I look back to the Charlotte series when Gavin came out of the pen, I believe on Friday night as well. And Charlotte was first pitch swinging because they knew a fastball was coming. So Gavin was able to, you know, take that, use it, and kind of balance with the off speed. And I thought he did a good job this weekend. I think it's really encouraging. Like I said, I don't think he had his best stuff, but it's still had a pretty good outing. You know, gave up one run, no earned runs, over five innings, seven strikeouts. You know, that's pretty good. And it's encouraging, like I said, in his first start of the year to maybe not have his best stuff, but he's still he still looked pretty good while not encouraged by it, and I think he's only going to get better as we move forward. Thomas Francisco, we should mention, had two home runs. Really was the only offense for ECU against a very good Illinois State starter in Colton Johnson, uh, who ended up finishing with nine Ks. Uh, you mentioned ECU struck out 15 times. Well, Illinois State struck out 17 times. So it was a – and it was a cold night, we should mention. It was not a good night for hitting. And uh, the numbers b- uh, bared that out at the end of the night. But ECU comes up with the win, 4-3, to three, and walks it off on Seth Cadell's RBI single in the bottom of the 11th. So they go into Saturday's game. Once again, Illinois State. Pesky Illinois State, they jump out on top with two runs on the top of the first. ECU played from behind all weekend in terms of the first inning. Illinois State grabbed a lead every game in the first inning. Uh, I thought they had a really good plan at the plate. You could tell they were well coached. So uh, they end up taking a 3 nothing lead. Pirates are kind of quiet at the plate in the fourth inning. I'm talking to people in the press box, talking about what a miserable uh, press conference is going to be after Cliff Gowen was mad on, on Friday. I'm like, well, he's going to be even worse uh, on Saturday if they lose this game. Uh, but sure enough, the bats wake up in the fourth inning. Seth Cadell, we keep mentioning his name. He's been huge all year. He kind of kickstarts things with a two-run homer down the left field line. And uh, baseball, man, it, it'll it'll drive you crazy sometimes, and sometimes it'll work out in your favor. He hits a rocket earlier in the game, 102-mile-an-hour exit velocity that turned into a diving double play, I think, in the first 
And then you have in the bottom of the fourth, he kind of hits one. I don't know if it was off the middle or end of the bat, but 86 mile an hour. And somehow it gets over for a two-run homer. That really kick-started ECU's offense. They scored two in the fourth, one in the fifth, three in the sixth, three in the seventh, two in the eighth. Five straight innings, posting runs. Cadell with the two-run shot. Josh Moreland with a three-run shot. Uh, Makarevich had a huge double to tie the game at 5-5. Just a ton of quality at bats to add up to an 11-5 victory on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned the third baseman. I believe his name was Nick Gile or Nick Guile, however you say it. I, he played outstanding defense at third base all weekend long. There were a lot of hard-hit balls, just like Seth's, and he made, I think, every play that was thrown to him. He was probably about the only player on that defense who <laughs> made every play or made a play. But, yeah, I thought the offense getting going late was really good. Um, again, starting pitcher, Kuchmater, he went five innings just like Gavin did. Rough couple first two or three innings, I thought, pitch count-wise at least, you know, worked himself to a little trouble. and But then his last two innings to the fourth and the fifth, he really came back and settled down a little bit. Worked into a little bit of trouble in the sixth. But then Garrett Saylor, who I think, at least you and I, I think we both expected him to play a big role out of the bullpen this year, and we haven't really seen him. And he came in to shut things down. You know, I think his first pitch was a wild pitch, and you kind of think, oh, God, here we go. But after that, he said at postgame, he kind of told himself, so what? You know, he just threw a wild pitch, but he didn't care. He came back, picked up a pair of strikeouts, got out of the inning, and he ended up going the rest of the way. Four innings, five strikeouts, one walk. But other than that, no base runners allowed. Really efficient outing, really unexpected. Like I said, I didn't expect him to come in and pitch that well, let alone for four innings and get the win. So really nice to see the offense really stepping up late and – even better to me to see someone like Garrett Saylor step in because I think he can really deepen the back end of the bullpen. Yeah, we've talked about all year. You can't go to Bridges, Colmore, Mayhew but so often. I mean, you are going to count on those guys in, in most big situations, but you have to have other pitchers develop throughout the course of the year. And we all thought Saylor would be one of those going into the year for whatever reason, just hasn't had his command uh, every now and then. And you know, like you asked him after the game, what he only had thrown, what, three and a third innings or something like that going into Saturday. He goes four innings on Saturday. You know, I think it's all mental with Sailor, just from what I've heard in the past. Great stuff. If he's commanding the fastball and getting ahead with his slider and his put-away stuff, I think he's going to have success. I think a lot of it is mental. So once he got those first two strikeouts, it was kind of like, all right, now here we go. Uh, you know, they're not going to hit me if I throw my stuff. So uh, hopefully he can continue to repeat that. I know he's a guy that's put in a lot of work uh, throughout his career at ECU. I'm really good to see him go four innings to to earn the victory, uh, much deserved victory on Saturday. So again, ECU clinches the series on Saturday. Not a perfect performance by any stretch of the imagination but they end the game with eight unanswered runs, and this will be a theme heading into Sunday as the Pirates close Saturday with five consecutive at-bats in terms of different innings with runs scored. And on Sunday, they would need to do the same as they look for a sweep because once again, Illinois State scored three runs in the top of the first and uh, put ECU behind the eight ball, but the Pirates come back with four in the bottom of the first Helped by a terrible throwing error by Illinois State shortstop. we got to mention that. Uh, but the Pirates score again in the second, third, and fourth. So that's nine straight innings of scoring at the plate. And uh, the Pirates ended up winning this one 11-8. Got a little 
sketchy in the middle innings, Jonathan. Uh, some poor defense by ECU. There were five combined errors and ten combined unearned runs allowed in this game. But, hey, we say it every time. You just find a way to score more runs than the other team, and that's what ECU was able to do on Sunday to complete the sweep. Yeah, I, I was out in the jungle in right field today, and, you know, Illinois State gets off to, you know, Wisconsin gets two quick outs to start it off. Then they rally for hit, walk, hit, hit, hit by pitch. And you're like, oh, God, here we go again. Once again, ECU's down 3 nothing. Two games in a row, they're down 3 nothing early. And then they came back in the first and scored four themselves, one more in the second. But, man, like I hate to keep ragging on Illinois State's defense, but that throwing error by their shortstop, different guy than the first two games. Um, it was Huggins who played second base on Friday and Saturday. He was at shortstop today. And, wow, I mean, whoever played shortstop just sailed their throws, and ECU took advantage of it. And then late in the game, you know, Coach mentioned a post game, but Wisenhunt went five. Again, each pitcher went five innings for ECU today, um, this weekend, actually, each starter. Then Carter Spivey came in. He didn't pitch bad, you know, got a tailor made double play ball up the middle to Ryder Giles and very uncharacteristic air booted it. So then you have two on and no outs instead of two outs and nobody on. So that was really tough. And from there, the inning just kind of spiraled. And, man, I tell you what, I've talked about him a lot, but Josh Moreland had a big RBI in the first inning, opposite field, what do you know? I've talked about it all all season long. Josh Moreland loves to hit it opposite field, and I love talking about it. But that Seth Cadell homer in the fourth, that's really just kind of when you knew, at least for the time being, you know, okay, ECU's going to kind of run away with it a little bit until they didn't. But... <laughs> But C.J. Mayhew came in, and he went a solid three innings out of the pen again, got the three-inning save, his fourth save of the year. So really solid performance from the back end of the bullpen. Another solid offensive performance, which is nice to see. Yeah, this game, man, I, you tried to describe it. and I, I mean, <laughs> you did a good job of it, but it's just – yeah, I, I I I had a lead written, which by the way, you had your first experience on Friday of having your complete game story written, only to see it wiped away. Uh, this basically happened to me on Sunday, just because I had my lead written about how the game was going to go a certain way, and then you know the defense really let ECU down. So I just kind of I changed my game story from ECU's offense answering Cliff Goblin's call on Friday, which they still did, to. This was not a clean game at all, but ECU just found a way to win, which is what they continue to do. And and I think that's the theme. I, you know, I asked Seth Cadell after the game, this team really still isn't clicking on all cylinders right now, but they're 16-3. and three. I mean, 19 games into the season, you've only lost three baseball games. Uh, that's pretty impressive. So they keep finding ways to win, and, and that's the most important thing. Uh, you mentioned the offense, you know, 11 more hits on Sunday. Thomas Francisco, three for five. Seth Cadell, two for three. You know, the benefactor of uh, a very uh, bloop double, I guess is the best way. This is wind-aided bloop double, terrible defense double. Uh, Seth Cadell, but the home run, I thought, good hitting by him to get the ball into the jet stream, put the ball in play, and, and well hit off the bat, of course. 
Uh, Josh Moylan had that big two-run double after the error in the first inning. So even though Illinois State made the errors, ECU capitalized on them, and that's what good teams do. I feel like I'm a cliche machine today, but uh, it is what it is. You know, the, <laughs> the Pirates continue to find ways to win. I'm glad you mentioned C.J. Mayhew. You know, Wizen Hunt, I thought, didn't have his best stuff, still competed, goes five innings, gets the win. But it was good to see Mayhew bounce back because Friday, I thought, was a, a tough night for him, uh, allowing the game-tying runs to be scored in the ninth. But Sunday was more of what we expect from C.J. Mayhew. Yeah, like you said, it was just – it was one of those tough series all the entire way. It was close throughout each game. And – Good teams find a way to win, and ECU did that. Obviously, they didn't have the greatest game against Wilmington, but like I said, that that's going to happen over the course of a baseball season. It's a long year, especially when you're a good team. Teams are going to play up. Illinois State played up a little bit. They really matched the intensity, I thought. Had great at-bats all weekend. But it was nice to see ECU come out with a sweep and go 3-1 and one on the week. I think they really needed the sweep this weekend after Wilmington, at the very least, for confidence. So... It was really encouraging to see, and like you, I'm glad you mentioned earlier. You know, not everything is clicking still, and they're 16 and three. So if they can get, you know, starting pitching, really pitching deep in the games, pitching well, the bullpen pitching lights out like they have been for most of the year, and then you get the offense and defense all clicking at the same time, I think this team's going to be really tough to beat. So it's really encouraging to see them finding ways to win, even though they aren't really clicking everywhere. So East Carolina sweeps the series. They find a way to continue to stack up the weekend victories. So 16-3 and after 19 games. And it was good to see also we didn't mention Bryson Worrell hit his first home run of the season. Absolutely destroyed at 428 feet. Hopefully that can kickstart him a little bit. You know, a couple of interesting nuggets. Seth Cadell, eight career home runs coming into the season. He's got eight now. Uh... 19 games into the year, which is pretty good. And then Bryson Worrell at this time last year had six homers, five doubles. Today he hits his first home run. And, uh, you know, Cliff Goblin said he's been having better at-bats, but just not a ton to show for it. So hopefully that can kickstart him. We'll talk about the week to come in a little bit. But first got to give away our awards, which are nationally recognized uh, by every uh, college baseball site out there. We always give away our hitter of the week, our pitcher of the week, and our Rookie of the Week. Uh, we do this before anybody else, before the American can do it on, on Monday. So uh, our awards are the most important, and I thank you guys for recognizing that. So let's do it, Jonathan. Our Hitter of the Week, we could honestly go Co-Hitters of the Week, but I think that's extremely lame. That's something the American loves <laughs> to do, so I'm going to continue to rag on the American. So uh, our two top candidates were Seth Cadell, Thomas Francisco. Both of them had tremendous weeks. Uh, both, I think, had seven RBIs and two home runs, similar batting averages. We're going to give the award to Seth Cadell just based off the fact he had the walk-off RBI single on Friday, and he also had some pretty clutch home runs spread across multiple games. Yeah, we were between Cadell and Francisco, both had a pair of homers. Cadell had seven RBIs compared to six for Francisco. And like you said, the walk-off for Cadell, to me, just really pushed him over. And he was just clutched throughout the week, I thought. But also, Seth, he had one, two, four walks throughout the weekend as well. So he was getting on base even when he wasn't hitting it. So I thought it was really encouraging. It was between them two. I think 
I'm really I respect the heck out of you for not giving co-hitters of the week because I also think that's very stupid. Just pick one. Yes, they both deserve it, but I'm gonna end that rant there before it goes somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> co awards are extremely lame, and nobody can tell me otherwise. Uh, I get it; you want to recognize multiple players, but Thomas Francisco will have to settle for honorable mention. And hopefully, Thomas, if you're listening, this will drive you. Uh, to be even better next week, and then you can win the award solely yourself. But uh, you had a heck of a week regardless. All right, our pitcher of the week. A little bit of a surprise here. You know, Carson Wisenhunt has racked him up for a couple weeks now. Uh, it's been a lot of ECU starting pitchers that have gotten it, but we're going with a reliever. Garrett Saylor was tremendous out of the bullpen on Saturday, got the win, and uh, four shutout innings, did not allow a single hit, and was just uh, – incredibly impressive so big outing for Garrett Saylor he is our pitcher of the week yeah like I said earlier I think if Saylor can pitch like that consistently throughout a weekend I think that really deepens the back end of the bullpen which is important I want to give an honorable mention to Cam Colmore like I mentioned earlier he had a perfect three innings out of the pen no base runners allowed five strikeouts I think if Colmore didn't come out and do that on Friday night then it's a completely different game I don't know if ECU wins that game. I don't know if ECU gets to extras if Colmore doesn't do that. So that was really nice to see. Once again, you know, Cam will have to – I hope he's listening to the podcast and it'll push him to be just a little bit better next week. So, yeah. yeah. No no co-pitchers of the week here. We're not about that mess. So congrats to Garrett (laughs) Saylor. All right, our rookie of the week, which can be either a true freshman or a second-year freshman. You know – Several of these guys had moments this week, but I think collectively Josh Moylan, who had uh, really a strong Saturday and Sunday, I believe you said six RBIs combined, and you know a couple of big hits, you know huge home run on Saturday, two run double on Sunday. Josh Moylan again, our rookie of the week, he continues to rack up these awards. Yeah, um, like I said, I kept I keep talking about him, but I did a little research last night and. You know, I just want to mention it. I think it's really impressive to me that Moylan, coming into today, 10 of his 16 hits have been to the opposite side of the field. Six of his extra base hits have been opposite field. All four of his doubles and two of his homers have been opposite field. That's really impressive for a freshman to do. And then he came in with another opposite field double today. So I love Josh Moylan. I think he's a great hitter. I think he's one of the most advanced freshman hitters that ECU's ever seen. And uh, once again, I'll – I guess I'm the honorable mention guy um, just looking at it. But C.J. Mayhew, like we said, had a big outing out of the bullpen today. I kind of forget sometimes he's a second-year freshman. But, yeah, I think without Mayhew today, again, the game could have taken a very different course if he didn't have his stuff today. So I'm glad that he was able to come out and get a good save today over three innings. No doubt. Definitely uh, deserving of a mention as well. So there's our awards for the week. Congrats to those individuals. Also, a ton of uh, just excellent team play for the Pirates to have another winning week as they move to 16-3 and and should be able to at least hold firm in the polls at the least after another good week. Uh, let's take a quick glance at the week ahead, Jonathan. The big UNC matchup coming up on Tuesday. The Pirates will take on uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels in Chapel Hill at Boschimer Stadium. Great place to watch a game. I believe you'll be going, Jonathan. Will this be your first time at the Bosch? It will be my second time in the Bosch. First time for an ECU game. Nice. I went when I was younger. I don't remember how old I was, but it was probably early high school. 
I went to the Bosch for a Carolina game there. So second game. It's a nice, uh, great venue. You know, it's a shame that the pandemic is going to take away from the crowd because ECU fans typically take over Boschmer Stadium uh, for these games. But uh, hopefully you guys in attendance can at least recreate that in a pandemic, uh, socially distanced environment. Uh, just looking at North Carolina, they've been, you know, kind of up and down to start the year. Actually began the year 6-0, and looking at their schedule now. They're now 12-6. and They have lost... A couple weekend series in these last few weekends. They ended up taking uh, two or three today over Boston College. They also swept Clemson, but they lost uh, against Virginia Tech. So they've been up and down, but 12-6, and 9-2 and two at home. A good weekend series over a ranked Boston College team this weekend. They have struggled a little bit in the midweek. Uh, they've gone with some staff days. They've lost the last two weeks to Liberty, so I'm sure you would see we'll throw a ton of arms at ECU on Tuesday. We'll have to see what ECU does. And then an always tough St. John's team coming in uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So another tough week ahead for the Pirates. Uh, another big week, as they all are. But this should be a, an interesting week, starting with the Tuesday matchup at UNC. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to mention these midway games are important. I think in a year like this for ECU, when the conference is down, you know, once you get in the conference play, you're not going to be boosted as much RBI-wise with a conference that's playing as poorly as it is right now. So I think this mid to me, these midweek games are that much more important. I think when you're talking about ECU, you know, potentially being in a conversation for a top eight national seed, you know, nine, 10, or even hosting if they struggle a little bit down the end of the year, I think these midweek games are going to be what pushes them either across or down below on their resume. So very important game on Tuesday in my eyes. Um, I believe we'll hopefully see Tyler Smith at some point if his, Arm soreness is better, but yeah, I think I feel good about it. I love UNC baseball games. I love watching ECU play them. So I think it's going to be a hard fought game, but I'm hoping that this one goes a little bit better than UNCW. Yeah, it can't go much worse. I don't think so. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, should be a fun game. Only two midweek games left, both against North Carolina. The next two weeks, the Tar Heels will make the return trip to ECU on Tuesday, March 30th. So we'll have complete coverage for you, as always, next Sunday. Jonathan, it was good to talk about another Pirate sweep. This is becoming routine at this point, but, hey, we're, we're not going to take it for granted, especially after last year. Uh, another fun uh, fun weekend to cover for, uh, for us and another fun weekend for the Pirates. So uh, I'll let you uh, have the last word, and then I'll wrap us up. Yeah, um, I'm never going to get tired about talking some ECU wins, some ECU sweeps, but it's been fun again, and I hope that next week we can talk about a 4-0 week. I hope ECU can beat St. John's. I hope they can beat Carolina, and then pretty soon we're going to be wrapping up some four-game conference weekends instead. So I'm excited for the next week, and I'll talk to you on Sunday. Jonathan, you know, one pitch at a time, one inning at a time. We can't be looking four games ahead. What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> Cliff would be giving me hell for it. Yeah, well, at least you got a mustache going. I don't, and I get hell for that every <laughs> uh, every post game. So soon enough, March will be over. So we'll uh, we'll survive until then. But great calls for sure. Love what they do over at EC Baseball. All right, that'll do it for our show. Appreciate you guys listening. For Jonathan, I'm Stephen Igo. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>